the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to The Common Good. My name is Aubrey Sampson alongside my co-host, Brian Frum. And we are thrilled to once again be joined by someone who's become not just a friend of the show, but like a very good friend of the show. That's uh, Dr. Kelly Flanagan. He and Brian sat down just a few weeks ago when I was out of town, but I got jealous and I said, bring him back when I'm here. So, Kelly, thanks so much for being here with us today. It's good to be here with both of you today. (laughs) Uh, Well done, sir. Uh, All right, Kelly, for our listeners who may have missed previous conversations with you, can you just tell us who you are, what you do? Give us some scope and uh, picture of who Dr. Kelly Flanagan is. Yeah, I'll try to do it really fast. Um, I was trained up as a licensed clinical psychologist at uh, Illinois and then Penn State. Met my wife there. Her name is also Kelly. Uh, and she also became a doctor. So we are Dr. Kelly and Dr. Kelly Flanagan. Awesome. <laughs> yeah. we, uh, we have three kids who are now 20, 16 and almost 14 next week, mm. this weekend actually. And then, um, and so, uh, in about 2012, I realized that I'd always had a passion for writing, but I'd never done it. And mm. uh, I started writing blogs and, uh, and my daughter and I wound up on the today show after a viral blog post, and, which was amazing. She was That's fun. Yeah. I think four at the time. And then, uh, and I published two nonfiction books and, uh, and my most recent publication is a novel and, uh, and recently segued out of full-time clinical practice into writing and speaking and uh, doing some online coaching of entrepreneurs. Yeah. Okay. So we want to talk to you about teenagers. We want to talk to you about, we have a lot we want to talk to you about. Brian, what's it, what do you want to jump into? So when you weren't here the other day, Aubrey, by, we figured out Kelly and I's kids are identical ages. I was identical. thinking that as you were so, saying that, I was like, I think that's the same we, as Brian's. We basically like had a conversation in which it was like, there's no one else listening. We both just need as dads to be like, yeah, yeah how do you do that? <laughs> like, how do you do that? Oh, man. Uh, but Kelly, let's start here. You transitioned out. Uh, you're in a big job change. You're in a big yeah. career kind of... Di- so describe that for people, but I'm more interested in the process and the experience because there's probably people out there going, man, I feel like I want to kind of go a different direction with my life, but I don't have the guts to do it. I don't know where to start. I don't Great know question. how to do it. So through your story, kind of help people understand, hey, here's here's some wisdom. Here's what I've learned. Yeah. My encouragement to you is if your story mirrors mine, you don't have the courage to do it. (laughs) No one has the courage to do anything all at once. You just have the courage to sort of take the next step. Right. So I actually, it was probably two and a half, three years ago, I first started to get the inkling of, I think it might be time to start to, to let, let go of this, this practice that's really been my main source of revenue and my passion and my calling Mm. for 20 years. Um, and it finally came to a head maybe a year and a half after that first intuition that I sat down with my wife and I said, I think this is the time to do it if we're ever going to do it. And mm. she, she said, I'm 100% behind you. And we awesome. both cried out of sadness and fear and excitement. And, uh, and then it took about another year to actually do that in a healthy way. Um, and, uh, and that was a terrifying year. 
Yeah. Absolutely. Every single, like, is, is this going to work? And, mm. and so here we are about what, nine months into my post licensed clinical psychologist life. And I, uh, I was, I look at my wife on the first of every month and I go, well, it didn't all fall apart again. Got through another month. So, One month know, at a time. Yeah. I don't know that the, um, I don't know that the challenge uh, and, and the fear ever necessarily goes away. In my book, Lovable, I talk about how we constantly are cycling through the tasks of growing in our worthiness, belonging, and purpose, and that when mm. you take new steps in your sense of purpose, it actually cycles you back to the beginning, and it stirs up new layers of insecurity. And so mm. now you're wrestling with that again. So it's been a year of, of wrestling with insecurity for me and, wow. uh, and deepening my sense of worthiness in the process. Mm. Wow. Oh man. I feel like we could talk, we could camp on this for a long time. I think that's so, so fascinating. So, so you find, tell us about the inkling though. That's what I'm curious about. Like when did you begin to even sense, why did you begin to sense it's time to let it go? Was it just an instinct? Was it some burnout? Like what was happening in your soul? Boy, that's such a good question. So, um, at the beginning of 2021, my new year's resolution going into 2021, um, was every time I sense my heart closing, I'm going to open it back up. Mm. Um, and by closing, I mean that feeling we all get like in our, somewhere in our torso, usually gut to like top of your throat mm -hmm. that says, Ooh, I don't like this. I don't want to experience this. I don't want to feel this. Mm -hmm. And I'm going to, I'm going to try to open up to the experience, not resist it and just see what the experience has for me. So I was in a moment in relation to something going on in my practice and I caught my heart closing and I just, I was actually standing in my driveway on a phone call and I said, open it, open back up. W w what does this have for me? And I heard what you know, I call the voice of grace and lovable. Um, I think some people would call the voice of the Holy spirit or of God. And I just heard this voice inside of me say, let it die. And it was mm. totally, totally shocking to me. I, I did not see it coming because mm. what I was feeling in the moment is I have to make this work in this way. Yeah. And, uh, and so to have a totally different, intuition arise within me. And so that was the beginning just of opening up to the possibility that this isn't what I'm going to do forever. Um, wow. And so that's, that's been one of the main things that I practice personally at companion camp. We hosted last weekend. It was a huge topic of conversation is this in relationship and in life when you sense your heart closing, excuse me, what does it look like to open it back up and what mm. surprises are in store for us? Mm. When we do? That's so good. Wow. So, uh, by the way, my, my, uh, New Year's resolution for 2021 was don't get COVID. Kelly, what role, uh, does fear play? Like where would fear this, this might be a difficult question. Where would fear and anxiety about a change be a good, like stop? Like, Hey, I shouldn't do this. This is too big of a hill. Mm. There's too much. And where do you, do you tell people, Hey, we got to power through that fear and trust that God has us going in this direction. How did you process? Cause I'm sure there were nights where you didn't sleep and you were like, what in the world yeah. am I doing? Uh, so talk to us about, about the role of fear. That's a great question, right? Cause fear is, is built into us. It's a, um, it's a gift. Yeah. You, know, you come up to the edge of that cliff and you get afraid. Uh, it's because you're supposed to step back. Mm. Um, and so I think the, the, the key to that is, um, we, is to not assume that all fear is a stop sign immediately. Mm. Um, hmm. We can pause around it. We can begin to explore it. Um, and, uh, one of my favorite creative, um, inspirations is a guy named Steven Pressfield. And he says that if you experience resistance to something in your life, 
that thing must be very important to the evolution of your soul. Oh, so wow. If we, if we slow down long enough to go, there's no mortal danger in this. Mm. Right? Um, even if I close my practice, mm. I can... I can find ways to get by. There's no actual mortal danger in this. And yet mm. I'm feeling terrible fear. Well, this must be really important to the evolution of my soul. Wow. And so I want to stick with it and stay with it. Um, wow. So it's just, you know, it's okay to have the immediate reaction, but then slow yeah. down and go, hmm, do I want to stick with this resistance or do I want to want to move forward? Oh, it's so good. Um, okay, Kelly, with just like the next minute or so we have, I'd love to hear about companion camp because that's something yeah. that you kind of mentioned, but our listeners may not know about it. And I know it's kind of birthed from some of your writing and other things. Yeah. So tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, well, so my second uh, nonfiction book is called True Companions. And, uh, and in it, I talk about how uh, I my goal in designing a marriage retreat is to make it not feel like most marriage retreats where you, <laughs> you, know, you beat each other up and you air all your grievances and then you go home not knowing what to do. So I call mine companion camp. Mm. Um, and we actually invite singles to, to attend too, oh, well. um, because That's we recognize cool. that, yeah, most of the growth in our ability to be in companionship is internal growth. And so, um, we, we design it so that individuals can attend to, but it's mostly couples. Um, and this year, the theme of companion camp was, um, the superpower at the heart of all true companionship, which is the capacity to hold space for each other. Mm. And, uh, and so this year we were focused on how we can show up in relationship with one of two kinds of energy or modes of mind, which is being energy or doing energy. Hmm. being mode and doing mode and holding space is all about being whereas yeah. you know doing mode is like i want to change this fix this you know uh, improve it and uh, and that they're both valuable energies but every wisdom tradition in the history of humankind in, including the christian tradition says our wisest doing proceeds from an intentional and thorough being first yeah, that's right. Right. Like contemplation and then action so mm -hmm. we just spent a weekend you know diving into the, the capacity to be with our partners and what disrupts that capacity when we feel that urgency to do something, fix them, change them. What is that about in us and how can mm. we manage and soothe that reaction in us so we can continue to hold space? So it was a lot of fun. We had a, oh, sounds so, so good. Kelly, I want to move our conversation to talk a little bit about teenagers because you and Brian both said you have kids the same age. You guys are, my kids are kind of right in the middle. I've got a 17 year old, mm -hmm. I've got a okay. 14 year old and I've got an 11 year old. So oh, we're yeah, all, right we're all it. kind yeah. of there. Y'all, my teenage, <laughs> my oldest teenager has become a beast of a human mm -hmm. to be around. Like this is my firstborn who like <laughs> I love. And like, at times I'm like, he's my buddy. He is not my buddy anymore. And I, <laughs> wow, help. <laughs> it's that rough is, that is going exactly the way he needs it to go that's um, what i what, that's what i was reminding myself this morning this uh, is the good independence right that's right yeah i well so yeah so we've done this with one we're in the midst of it with a second okay right? a 16 year old for sure i can just feel it coming on just in the last three or four uh, um i mean if, if you want to a quick deep dive on it is that at, at some point in our childhoods, pretty early on, we go, um, I'm going to sort of take responsibility for how much gets in and, and how mm. much I can be hurt and affected by other people, basically. Mm. And that's the beginning of that formation of the ego, we call it. Mm -hmm. And the first stage of that is actually hiding. It's actually like, I'm going to hide myself away so you can't 
you know, hurt me or get to know me or whatever. Mm. But the second stage of it is fighting. Um, it's that more aggressive layer of the ego and it starts to come out around late middle school into high school. And wow. So he's just, he's just forming. He's just in it. Yeah. He's just, he's just doing what humans do as they develop. And eventually that ego develops the third layer, which is this sort of, I call it the ruler, you know, it's the, the accomplished version of us. And eventually each of us has to come to the conclusion that that ego isn't serving us well. Mm. Then we we start to dismantle it and and reconnect with who we really are later Mm. in life. But, um, but he's just in the middle of doing what teenagers do. And, um, but also, like you said, he, he's, he's starting to contemplate a life of independence and he, he sort of like, I think our teenagers just half to convince themselves yeah. that we are a barrier to their, yeah. to their functioning and their thriving <laughs> totally. rather than a support. Because then if totally. we're a barrier, then they'll jump over us to get out the door. Yeah. Down, they're absolutely terrified. Of wow. Them, right? Wow. Yeah. So I, I think I think that's and that's a sacrifice we make as parents is letting him, them have that illusion so that they can feel confident enough. To that's right. Get out the door. I don't like it, y'all. It is not fun. It is brutal for a mama's heart, but that's it. We are definitely a barrier right now. I feel that acutely. And I, so we just had this, this interesting experience. So my 16 year old has expressed interest in going to the U of I and my two alma maters were playing each other a couple of weeks ago. And, and so we, it's not cheap to go to a college football game. People no, it's not. spend yeah. way more money than we should have mm. to give him this great weekend where he gets to go maybe explore his new you know, yeah. step. And he, he was not pleasant to be with. <laughs> and so, so I found myself going, so that you have an option as a parent, like to, which is to try to convince them that they should be enjoying this right. opportunity you've given. Yes. Them, yes. Or to shift the conversation to why are you being aggressive, angry, mm. defensive, all of those mm. things. And I give him an awful lot of credit. You know what he said? He said, dad, I'm just enjoying high school so much right now. I don't want to think about it ending. Wow. I don't want to think about college. So in a way he was saying, mm. I'm in the n- denial stage of grief. Mm. I don't want to think about this. Thing yeah. To an end. And when you puncture my denial, what's the next stage of grief? <laughs> anger. Anger. Yeah. Right? So I go into the anger stage. of Yeah. Grief, I don't want it to end. So we can also sort of reframe our kids anger at this stage of life as they don't want their childhood to end. Mm. Right. And they're having to start to face that. Yeah. No, yeah. that's good. Or your son's just reflecting on your parenting. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> or dad. Kidding, kidding. Controlling and suffocating. And, kidding. You know. <laughs> I did read. I, I talked to another guy somewhere who was like, the, the experience was the closer your kid gets to college, it's like they defensively have to push you away. Mm. And you're just, it is what it is. Right. Kelly, I want to ask you, because you and I have both gone through this. I want to talk about the parent side of it, because... So there's a couple things that go on in this process of your kid going to college, your kid spreading their wings, your kid this, this. There's the loss on the parent side. Like you're super proud of them. You're super happy. But I literally looked. I've got a sophomore in college right now. Mm-hmm. And I just had a day the other day where I said to my wife, I just miss our daughter. Like I just yeah. miss. But like Aww. you're like not allowed to acknowledge that, right? Like, uh. I want my kid to go. Or my other two. They're like always out of the house. Like my wife and I were joking the other day. We're like, we haven't spent this much time with just the two of us <laughs> in a long time. And we're yeah. super thrilled for them. But the changes in the home are weird mm. for us as well, right? You've just spent the last 18 years with yes. kids and kids and yes. kids. How do you help? What would you say to parents like you, like me, like Aubrey mm-hmm. starting to walk into who are like, 
I don't know what to do with this new season or I miss that old season or I want, I don't want my kids to go to college or whatever else it might be. So I think there's a difference between our kids knowing our emotions and having to manage our emotions. Right. We don't want to put them in the position of having to manage what we're feeling at this stage of life. That's on us. Yeah. I actually think it's very valuable for them to know what we're going through just this morning. So my, my middle guy turned 16 uh, last week. He's got his license, but his cars, the car we got him is slow to arrive. It's supposed to arrive this week. And I said on the way out the door, I'm like, wow, like this is, I, I bet you're excited for me driving you to school to be over. He, <sighs> said, he said, yes. And I said, I'm not. Uh, I'm going to miss these touch points every morning and it's totally okay for you to have a different emotional experience about that right now. But this is mine. Um, we, my, my oldest is, uh, working in Chicago and chasing his dream of becoming a comedian and we don't see him very much. And, and, but we had a a family funeral last week and he flew with us to it. And so we had to say goodbye to him at O'Hare so he could jump the blue line back home. Oh yeah. I just said to him, dude, it's, it's getting harder to say goodbye to you every time uh, say goodbye to you, right? Like uh, totally blown away by this. I thought it would get easier. It's not uh, it's exponentially harder every time uh, I say goodbye. And he, and he said, he said, I get that. Um, and it's, it's not getting easier for me either. I don't know hmm. if he was pandering to me, <laughs> the truth. but, um, but again, I think if they don't feel like, oh, it's my job to now fix what mom and dad is feeling, then that's, that's companionship. That's authenticity Mm. to be able to let them know what's going on. So, um, so that's where I land on it. Oh, that's good. Hard lessons. I, I'm not ready, y'all. I'm not ready. <laughs> you will have, we'll have to keep having you come on, and you can be my. Even though you're done with therapy, you can be my therapist for nine minutes a month or we, something like that. We know Aubrey feels strongly about something when she gets into Southern accent. So. <laughs> <laughs> we know when the y'alls come out, we're the like Oklahoma uh-oh, comes up. out. Uh oh, it's it's trouble. Like it's a window yes. into your marriage. Probably Kevin probably takes a b- bunch of steps back when you start dropping y'alls and this and that. Like, probably. Okay. <laughs> Probably true. Oh man, when I say "Don't sass me" to my kids, they know they're in trouble. <laughs> um, all right, Kelly, we've just got another minute or so. Tell us a little bit about where our listeners can find your books. Your uh, your fiction book has been wildly successful. Maybe give us a little, uh, you know, background on that. Where can yeah. people connect with you? All of that fun stuff. Yeah. So, um, yeah, my, my first, uh, fictional book, the unhiding of Elijah Campbell, I, this is the first place I get to say it. It just won, um, three, uh, it, it won for cross genre literary fiction and general fiction in the American fiction awards. Woo-hoo! Nice. Congratulations. Yeah. That's yeah. awesome. It's pretty cool. So, um, unhidingbook.com is the, the way to get to that most directly. It can be, it's purchased in paperback and digital and audio wherever you, you buy books, but, um, unhidingbook.com. And my website is drkellyflanagan.com, drkellyflanagan.com. And from there you can, can find all my stuff and find your way over to Substack where I'm writing my next nonfiction book with my reader's help online, which is really cool. Oh, that's a fun project. Yeah. Yeah. And I have my, my, the sequel to the unhiding, um, in, uh, in the can already. So trying to figure out what to do with that. So yeah, there's Very a lot cool. going on and would welcome folks to join in. Love that. Well, we'll be back again tomorrow from 4 to 6 p.m. We've been joined by Dr. Kelly Flanagan. Kelly, thanks so much for being here. Thanks, Kelly. Yeah, thank you for having me. For Brian Fromm, I'm Aubrey Sampson, and you've been listening to The Common Good on AM 1160, Hope for Your Life. 
three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.